0: Stonehenge, Into the Light, Part 5 of 5, Into the Light. Hello, I'm Mark Zaretti, and this is the audiobook version of this feature-length spiritual documentary. Join me as we jump in the van and drive away from Avebury on the 15th of November 2022. Well, it looks like we're leaving Avebury just in time. Literally, just as I got to the van and sat down, the rain came. We were blessed there with the weather to actually be able to do some filming and and not get completely soaked through. So we're, for the last time, going to head back to the Stonehenge campsite. Perhaps it's fitting though, as we leave Avebreed behind us, that we talk about the, the downfall or the end of Stonehenge and the Druids. The library at Avebury, and indeed the airport at Stonehenge served the leader well, but there is one constant and that is change and by 6000 BC some of the races that had been allied with the leader in particular the ones that are very technologically advanced and other races were starting to come down and make their own colonies and bases on a, on the third dimension And those ones that broke rank from his alliance, he would in time attack their cities with his own armies. But he was losing control in some respects. And so by about 6000 BC, things were changing. And things had to evolve from his point of view as well. Technology was also changing. So by 400 BC, the site at Stonehenge no longer had significance to him. He'd built up a large presence in South America and was influencing the civilizations there, building a power base. But technology had changed as well and there were more energy efficient, less energy consuming ways of bringing people down to the third dimension and, and returning them to higher dimensions. They still used the vortex technology to shift vibration, but the propulsion was something much more similar to what you might recognise as aircraft today. And indeed the craft that were developed around about 400 BC look a lot like the craft of today. And there are actually statues and amulets and things depicting what looked like airplanes that have been found dating back to that period in South America. So this brings us to the time of the Nazca Lines. Stonehenge was no longer relevant, and we'll talk about what happened to Stonehenge and the Druids in a moment. But he moved his base of operations over to Peru, to the Nazca region. And when you look at the lines, it's just an evolution of what he'd done at Stonehenge. Using these new craft, which effectively flew, rather than were propelled in the way that the sources were, he built long runways for them to land. And even today, modern technology marvels at how it could have been possible for him to have these seven mile long straight lines. It's simple. He used what we would understand to be laser technology to create these long straight lines, and then just manual labor to clear the, the terrain. So the, when you look at the NASCAR lines, there's three different structures that you see there are long, straight, parallel tracks which are the landing strips literally the runways then there are animal glyphs and remember back to the constellations these animal glyphs which are massive represent the different races that he granted permission to use his runways the bigger the glyph the more important that race was in the Alliance. And then the last of the structures that you see at Nazca are these massive geometric mandalas. The rain is really coming down. And these geometric mandalas are in effect the same as the stones that surround the perimeter of Stonehenge or Avebury. They're complex geometries into which are embedded black magic, forming large structures of energy and grids of energy over the region. They also act as anchor points for black magic, effectively anchor points for where the interdimensional tunnels would open so that these craft from higher dimensions could come through into the third dimension plane. So you'd simply have runways, flags effectively showing who's allowed, and black magic icons. And that's it. That's what the Nazca structures and lines are. And so by 400 BC, he retired Stonehenge. Round about then was the last time that any interdimensional craft came down specifically to use Stonehenge and Avebury. And what happened to the Druids? They're just the lowest rung of the ladder. Amazingly, despite 9,000 years of investment, the leader didn't tell them, he just stopped coming. He stopped sending his envoys. And so, with no one coming down, the Druids didn't know what had happened. They simply followed orders. Every solstice they gathered in the hope that someone would arrive. They didn't know that things had changed. They were out of communication. Not knowing what to do, they just carried on doing what they had always done, what had been passed down for thousands of years. And so, over the next few hundreds of years, and indeed thousands of years, until quite recently, They pass down the Druid law, the Druid knowledge that you gather at the solstice to receive instruction, to to meet with the men who come from the stars. It's quite a sad state of affairs. Stonehenge fell into ruin. The true meaning behind gathering at the solstice got lost as it was passed down from generation to generation. And eventually, it was just simply the law of magic and the symbology of the stones. But there's more to it. The leader didn't want those left behind to remember. He made sure that the key bits of information were hidden in their minds. And remember, it's all about deception, it's all about smoke and mirrors. What a wonderful opportunity Stonehenge now represented to him. People would come, people would gather, people would ask questions. And people looking for the truth would find Stonehenge in the years and the decades and the centuries to come. And so he left it as a beacon of deception. When people came, they still gathered at the solstice. Only now they didn't know why, but the legends about healing energy, which, remember, only really applies to those who are dark, and the legends about involvement with the stars and higher knowledge and beings and things, was enough to bring people along. And so, as well as the ancestors of the Druids and the bloodlines of these 12 races that continued, Good people would come along. And so what the leader did was, at each solstice, he would open up the tunnel, the interdimensional tunnel, and he would release that ungodly energy into that site. Those people who were drawn to it because they were dark and negative would feel fantastic. They would feel uplifted. And so legend of the healing powers of the stones and of that place and a feeling of awe would continue. But for those who were good, who had light within them, humanity, they wouldn't necessarily feel sick, but they would be open to mind control and suggestion and subliminal message. And so as well as sending the energy, which would kind of activate the lower animal parts of people, making them feel good. A bit like a drug makes people feel good so that they want more. The leader would use the opportunity that any good humans that were there would be, especially if they went into the ritual of dance and taking certain herbs and things, would be easy prey to distract them from the truth by putting thoughts and ideas into them to attract them to the dark arts so that they would growing their interest in things like geometry, magic, symbolism, chanting, witchcraft and all of these things. It doesn't mean that the intention of the people there was bad, and quite often they had good intentions to, to heal. The road to ruin is paved with good intentions, as they say. And good people, people who whose birthright is the light, have a natural inner yearning for something higher but stuck under that dark firmament it's like they've been cut off and so they would go perhaps to stonehenge gather at the solstice with good intentions and the leader would prey on them corrupt their minds fill them with ideas to tempt them into things that would take them away from the light doesn't mean that they were bad it's just that people don't understand what's behind a lot of these things and even if something feels good even if something might have some kind of positive outcome in the short term people don't always understand the cost yes your body can be healed with certain practices but not all healing is good and what if the cost to gain something on the physical realm is to shut down something your soul or your spirit on higher dimensions and this is what the leader and the Druids working towards to keep humanity in the dark. And so, though he left Stonehenge to rack and ruin, he didn't leave its legacy. He made sure that it would carry on acting as something that beguiles people, that leads them astray because of the awe and wonder of this monument. And it's the same at Avebury. Even today, as I approach some of the stones, there were people deep in, devotion, with their hands and their forehead pressed against the stone. Perhaps they were there for healing, or for power, or for some kind of sacred ceremony. But they have no idea of the darkness and the evil that created those stones, and what is locked within them. But more on that, because the story of the stones and Stonehenge has changed in recent years, and I'll talk about that towards the end. If only people knew the truth. And so I, I know that so many good people go to Stonehenge and Avebury with the best of intentions and quite often come away feeling good in the book I'll talk more about the origin of feelings all I can say at this stage is do not let feelings be your guide how you feel is one of the easiest things for those on higher dimensions to manipulate we're all too easily led by our feelings the path of light, the path of truth is a much higher path than the seeking of feeling good or even bliss. Even bliss itself is a dead end for the seeker of truth. There's no denying that Stonehenge, Ave Bree, the Nazca Lines, the pyramids, there's no denying that they're awe-inspiring. But they don't come close to the truth that can be revealed when we look beyond this physical realm. It's this truth, this greater truth, which is your birthright as a human being, that the leader, his druids, and the councils on all dimensions desperately want you to stay ignorant about. We return now to Stonehenge on the 15th of December, 2022, on a very cold but sunny day. So here we are, back where it all began. The documentary started here and we're nearly at the end. But the story of Stonehenge, and Avery are not actually finished yet. I'll tell you how they end shortly. I've touched on a number of things including beings from other dimensions, interdimensional craft, magic, and all of these things are actually just a small fragment of a much much bigger picture and this bigger picture is all about you. My own interest in Stonehenge only came about because I found out who was behind it, who founded the druids, and it was this leader who's behind so many other things things that even now shape your life and he has always had one purpose one goal as far as you are concerned and that is to keep you in the dark about your birthright your birthright is the light and he doesn't want you as a human being to know the truth and it was in pursuit of spiritual truth that I discovered who he was and that led me to investigating more about Stonehenge this truth that the leader wants to keep you in the dark about is about your spiritual birthright. And this is what I've been researching tirelessly for a long, long time. And that's what led me to the leader, and that's what ultimately led me here to Stonehenge. And in the books that I'm writing, I go into a lot of detail about this bigger picture, talking much more about the positive and the spiritual side of things, what really is on higher dimensions and how this all relates to you. The books that I'm writing aren't being written so that I can profit from them. When they're finally published, they're going to be published at a not-for-profit price so that they're as accessible to as many people as possible. On my website, all that I've done, the podcasts, the videos, the articles, it's freely available. I don't charge anything. I don't even ask people to subscribe. I just want to get the truth out there. And like many others who serve the light, we're trying to let people know about how much they are in the dark. I don't want you to just believe what I'm saying. I want you to be inspired by this documentary, just as Stonehenge is inspiring to so many people. I want you to be inspired to ask questions, to start to find out more for yourself. It's all about choice, but we can't make choices unless we learn and understand what the choices are. As I said, the story of Stonehenge and Avebury is not yet finished. You may be wondering what happened to the black magic that they imbued into these stones and the dark and esoteric knowledge hidden at Avebury, and also the interdimensional tunnel that came from over that way. Because of the diligence and hard work of those that serve the light, not just on this dimension but on our other dimensions, all of these things have been destroyed. Once they became known, they could be dealt with, and so all of that hidden knowledge, the black magic, even the ungodly energy has all been removed. And so what we're looking at here are just inert stone. And the same is true of Avebury and the other sites around the world. This doesn't mean that those that would do this kind of thing have been completely dealt with and are no more. On higher dimensions, the leader and others still exist and still interfere and meddle in the affairs of the third dimension. They've had thousands of years to lay the groundwork and to put in place organisations and infrastructure. But now that these things are known about, and I don't just mean down here, then they can be more easily dealt with and overcome. And the truth is that right now, as a human being, you have probably never been so free. What remains is to decide what do you want to do with this freedom. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you for watching this documentary. We're back in the campsite near stonehenge and as you can see the sun is setting i was just talking to the owner of the campsite and he asked me you know, what, what i've been doing and i said i've been filming a documentary And naturally he asked well what's the documentary about i'll leave you to answer that what have you taken from this documentary what do you think this is about because it's all about what it means to you but there's one last thing in a week's time a whole load of people are going to descend on stonehenge and many of them will identify as being druids Probably most of them have no idea about the leader or the information I've shared with you in this video. What I need to really make clear, the word druid, and this word has evolved in its pronunciation, now covers a much wider spectrum than what I'm referring to when I talk about the original druids. For example, and again I talk about this in the book, in Lindisfarne, 2,000 years ago, There were wonderful, intelligent, kind people who lived in harmony with nature and they would have been known as Druids. In other places, there were people who identified as Druid because Druid eventually became a word synonymous with anyone who is intelligent, who gathers knowledge, who has wisdom. In other words, it could be wise old man. And so the word Druid now does not mean what I was referring to in the past. And I wanted to make that clear because whatever people's beliefs are, it fundamentally comes down to do you pursue the light or do you pursue darkness? And so that choice between light and dark is a choice for everyone. It's a choice for you right now. So whatever you identify with, whether you consider yourself spiritual or not, whether you consider yourself a druid or not, these are just labels. Only you can really know what's in your heart. And if anything, I hope all I've done is made you aware that there may be choices that have yet to be made. It's a wake-up call to understand the ancient history behind these things. Is it more important to identify as a druid, or is it more important to connect inside with light, with love, and with the source of all of that, that great oneness that goes by other names? That's really what this is about. Peace be with you. Thank you for listening to this documentary. If you'd like to discover more, please visit thewaybackgroup.org.